0: Just when you thought it was safe to go on to iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix.
1: Thank you for listening to the Next Level Guy show. To help support the podcast and get 10% off from a number of affiliate deals, simply go to nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. There you'll find all the current affiliate deals that are linked to the podcast, as well as how to get your discount on some awesome products. And now let's go to the interview. Hi everybody. Time for another episode of the Next Level Guy show. Today's guest is Craig Ballantyne. Craig is a transformation coach from Toronto Ontario Canada and he's the author of the perfect day formula how to own the day and control your life he's been contributing to men's health magazine since 2000 and in 2001 Craig created the popular home workout program turbulence training on his journey to success Craig's had to overcome crippling anxiety attacks and he beat them with his five pillars of transformation today Craig shows men and women how to use the five pillars to lose 10 to 75 pounds get a raise Make more money, find the love of the life, and overcome any obstacles in the ways of success. You can read his daily essays on things like success, productivity, and fitness at his website, which is earlytorise.com. For those people who don't know you, can you give a brief overview of who you are and what you think you're known for?
0: Yeah, so, you know, I started in the fitness world way back in 1999, and that was my first email newsletter. Then I started writing for Men's Health in 2000 and then I started selling this program called Turbulence Training back in about 2001 and I did that for a decade and then I bought a business called EarlyToRise.com which is helps people not only with health but also their wealth and their personal life and wisdom and family life and it, it, it had been around since 2000 and so it wasn't like I was starting that from scratch. And then I wrote a book in two thousand and fifteen called "The Perfect Day Formula," and that's what I focus on today. That's
1: good. Well, I've followed you on social media and early to rise now for ages. um You're very inspiring, very motivating you know it's you're one of the people I look up to, but was there a point in your life when you felt the need to change and go for your dreams, or have you always been like this?
0: uh, you know. I I started out thinking I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach in the National Hockey League. So that's what I wanted to be when I was in high school. And then when I was in college, I remember one of my professors saying, you know, the strength and conditioning coaches at Michigan State University make 100 grand a year and I thought that was like that was like if I could ever reach that level, that'd be the greatest level and nothing further. But then then I got this lucky break with Men's Health magazine and I realized I loved helping more of the busy guy. And so I started writing for him and then I realized, you know, writing for the busy guy, but also writing for Men's Health a lot. And then I realized that, you know, this online business opportunity was available to go and sell your products to people in 100 plus different countries and you didn't have to have a book deal. And it was just fantastic timing. I'm lucky I grew up with the Internet, came of age with the Internet. And so it's all kind of worked out for me. And every Every time I achieve something, I realize hey there's an opportunity here for me to do more, help more people take my experiences and help more people. We do transformation contests, so that helps a lot of people uh, We have lots of people on our Facebook pages and we are just out there helping people and making making the complex into simple so that we're able to
1: you know take people to the next level just like you. And I think you're doing a very good job of it. Um, the mo- well, thank you. The more I researched, the, m- the more inspiring and transformations I was finding. You know, there's people who just ranted and raved about turbulence training, so you're doing a very yeah. good job of it.
0: Well, thank you very much. It really is my life's work, and I want to share it with as many people as possible.
1: Well, I'm hoping I can help you with that as well. Um, okay, we'll start with a very big question. Um, your opinion... What do you think makes a man? You know, How can you be defined as a man in today's society?
0: Oh, man, I think you need to be a man of your word. I think you need to stand for something. Otherwise, as the cliche goes, you stand for nothing. Uh, it really is important for you to know yourself, as Shakespeare said, know thyself and, and then you know, to thine own self be true. And that really is just knowing what you want to achieve in life and then having the morals and ethics and integrity to, to stick with it and not to chase trends. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, the, the 1950s and 60s and, and in the way that there was a separation of work and home life and you really took care of your family. And so, I, you know, those things are important to me. And what's really most important is that everyone identifies what is important to them and they focus on it and they don't get caught up in
1: chasing shiny objects. I mean, do you think that's one of the biggest challenges we're faced today is that materialism, the, you know, the you always want more and more that you can't settle for what you have or be happy with what you have? I think
0: it is something like that. And so I've actually put together a little diagram on this and I call it the number one source of friction in the first world. And it is, you know, seeing somebody like, you know, let's say I was... I was thinking of uh, you know just starting an online business, and I see you with this podcast and all these great people on it, um, and even though I'm not very good at interviewing or I don't like to do it, I think that, hey, you're doing it and you're successful. Well, I better go and do it too, and then I go and see you know some other guy doing YouTube videos, and I think, oh my goodness, well, I need to be doing YouTube videos, and you do all of these things that are not in your zone of genius uh, because you see other people succeeding and you think the grass is greener on the other side, but you don't know all the hard work that they went through and, you know, all the struggles and trials and tribulations that they're going through. And so you start chasing those shiny objects and then that causes you to have a misalignment between your goals and your actions. So if you say that you want to go and, you know, write a book, but now you're doing podcasts and YouTube videos your actions are misaligned with your goals, and that causes a lot of friction mentally. And so now you're you're just kind of in this dazed and confused state. You're overwhelmed. You're anxious. You're thinking, "Oh, I got to go and do all these things." Uh, my book's not getting done. And if you just stopped doing the things that didn't matter and that really weren't important to you, you'd have more time for what is important to you, and then you get a lot closer to your goals. And the the way that we um, overcome that, Ian. Is we get outside eyes on the problem. You know, you hire a mentor or a coach, or you sit there and think objectively about your your life and your actions. And then you get that coach or mentor to set a higher bar for your activities and your standards. And you are forced to play up to that level with accountability. And when you have that in place, you know, the outside eyes on your activities, giving you feedback and a higher level for your performance. That's when you start to really get in the groove and achieve what you should be achieving in life.
1: Yeah, I mean I've, I've played around with the, you know our sort of process of accountability. Can you give an example of like an accountability practice that you've maybe done yourself?
0: Well, I think the one thing that people can do if you can't hire a coach is to you know be a part of a Facebook group or um, you know online forum where there's like-minded people there. And what you would do is you would share your big goals and dreams with all those people there. And you would say, hey, listen, I want to go and I want to stop smoking or I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to write a book in the next 10 weeks. And you say, you know, this is my real name. This is me. You know, here I am. I need you guys to hold me accountable and I want to go and do this. And so that's one way of getting accountability that's going to allow you to be more successful in life. So that's what you know, is really, really important and allows you to focus on what matters. That is uh, one of the keys to accountability. Now, if you can hire a coach or a mentor, by all means, you should get it and then make sure that they never go soft on you. So you have to be drawing a hard line. You have to be saying, hey, listen, I know that you can do more. I know that you can play up a level. And so that's what you need to focus on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I did that with my brother. Um, I wrote him a check and if I hadn't, I think it was three podcast episodes by the end of the year when I first started, then he could cash it. And it was just the thought of him having my money motivated me to do it. And I know it's...
0: That's, that's exactly it, man. That's perfect. It's a great example. And then you went out and nailed that goal, right?
1: Oh yeah. As well as accountability, if somebody was listening to this um, reading your stuff fully inspired, desperate to change their life, but didn't know where to start. Do you have an analysis method that somebody can use to find you know, what the biggest, uh, I don't like the word problem is, but well, you know, what they should focus on?
0: Yeah, so I have this thing called a values pyramid. And if people go to facebook.com forward slash Craig Valentine, they can go through the photos there and they'll find my values pyramid. And it talks about four areas of life. And like, what would you regret... Um, in 20 years from now, having not achieved in your experiences, in your wealth building, in your health, and in your family. And you go through there and you, you know, identify that. And then you you, know, you rank those, like what really matters the most out of these four things. And then that's your most important priority to focus on in life. That's what you're going to wake up on and go and take action on every morning. And that's what you're going to plan and prepare for until you get closer and achieve that goal. So it really comes down to identifying what matters the most in those four areas of life, health, wealth, social self, uh, and personal enrichment, and figuring that out. Once you have that in place, then you can start dialing in your days to totally dominate and become successful and really get the things done that matter.
1: And is there something that you see a lot of? You know, Is there certain common problems that you see coming, or is it quite different depending on the person, their upbringing, et cetera?
0: Well, it's definitely different depending on the person, but you know I, I think there's definitely phases we go through in life. So someone who is you know around fifty years old has probably sacrificed their health to build their family and to build their wealth. and so they're probably going to be needing to focus on overcoming their pre-diabetic state and you know eating better and getting an exercise habit. and then there's going to be people who are younger, you know about your age who you know, they want to get married to their boyfriend or girlfriend, and they want to, you know, have a great house. And but it's going to require money, and so they're in a season of wealth building. And so, you know, they need to be up like you every day, hustling. I mean, from what I understand, you have a job, you do this on the side, and you are doing great work, and that's going to pay off. And then eventually, you're going to move into a season of family where you're going to be raising young children. They're going to get your number one uh, uh, focus every day, but you're still going to be doing all the other good things. But it's figuring out that priority and then breaking it down into, okay, how do I fit this important work into the course of the day? And what do I need to say no to? Because a lot of people are just trying to do too much. They're trying to do too much in their morning routines. You see these silly articles about the 14 things you do before breakfast. Successful people don't do 14 things before breakfast. They do one or two important things, and then they have breakfast, and then they move on to the next most important thing.
1: Yeah, I mean that is definitely something you see as these must-do rituals, these must-do things, and
0: oh, totally, you got it. It's
1: like if you do that, you can't, you know, you can't say hi to your wife, you can't spend time with your kids, you know, you, you can't right. have a job. It's, um one of the things I initially found you through your bromance, if you want to call it that, with John Romanello. Um, oh
0: yes, a good man. Who,
1: who I, I mean, I admire him really greatly as well. And you've mentioned having a mentor and a coach and things like that. Who would you consider your role models in your life?
0: I would say my three best friends are uh, Matt Smith, who's my business partner at Early to Rise. Uh, another good friend of mine, Joel Marion, who runs BioTrust, and then uh, another business partner of mine, Bedros Koulian. Uh, another great. Guy to have on your show, as, as we talked about before, we got started with the official call here today, and these guys all, you know, give me accountability. They make me play up a level. They give me outside eyes. They tell me when I'm doing the wrong things. Uh, they just give me hardcore advice and. Every time I screw up, they look at me with this death stare, and I, you know, it's one of the worst things in my life to disappoint these guys. I never want to disappoint them, and so they make me play up a level in life, which is a nice segue into your podcast name, you know, Next Level, and so it's surrounding, your people with, surrounding yourself with the right people in your life allows you to really achieve big things, so make sure that you surround yourself with the right people. That is the gold in life.
1: I love your stuff. Turbulence training, you know, the fact that you can make cardio fun, shall we say. Yeah. Um, Can you just go quickly over turbulence training? You know, why should my uh, listeners check it out? How can it benefit them? Can it really make cardio fun?
0: Um, Yeah, well, I mean, it's not really cardio. It's really exercise. And so uh, I discovered it in 1999. It's basically, um, you know, short burst interval training combined with superset resistance training exercises. And then it allows you to take, you know, most people are trying to lose weight with uh, an hour of weights and an hour of cardio. And they're in the gym forever and they're getting no results because their intensity wasn't high enough. So I showed people how to increase their intensity, decrease the amount of time they spent in the gym to about 30 minutes, three to four times per week. And I actually just wrote a new book that I'd love to share with people. It's called The Great Cardio Myth. So it has all the research about why cardio doesn't help you lose weight, how it's not essential for you to live a long and healthy and happy life, and also you know, it's probably got a lot of side effects to it that most people don't want, such as too much cardio makes a lot of people eat more, and so they actually gain weight on a cardio program, and it also breaks down your knees and your back, and it really leads to a lot of injury over time if you do too much. So you don't have to go overboard with the exercise, you just have to do a certain amount at the right stimulation level, and that will allow you to change your body, because quite frankly, nutrition is the most important thing if you want to live a long life or if you want to lose weight, and then exercise is just like a side dish.
1: Yeah, because I mean, you see that, don't you, with a lot of women who want to lose weight, they spend an hour on the treadmill, poor intensity, they're not happy, and they never change their body shape. Yeah, you know,
0: Exactly. The only thing that changes, Ian, is that they've gone through, you know, uh, three different magazine subscriptions and wasted hours on their life watching television in the cardio theater area I and mean, it's really sad.
1: It's like the you know, those people who drive to the gym to go walk <laughs> on the treadmill.
0: I've never understood. Oh yeah, that. they take the escalator up to go walk on the
1: treadmill. So while I was on a, um sort of looking into um I noticed that there really is some amazing transformations happening on, you know, people who use your turbulence training. Do you have any um, favorite uh, clients or transformations? Is there something that you've maybe had feedback from somebody about a life-changing experience?
0: Well, yeah. So we have a page called transformationcontest.com, and that goes over the 27 transformations that we've run so far. And for people that don't know what a transformation is, it it means you take a before photo and then an after photo twelve weeks later, and then you write a little essay that says, you know, here's what I achieved, here's how I changed mentally and physically during the contest, and it's really really powerful. And you know, I'm a skeptical guy, uh, Ian, and and but it often brings like a, a little tear to my eye, or maybe there's a piece of sand in my eye when I read them. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's just so powerful and so emotional. And so two that I'd love to share with you. The first one is from this guy named Todd Ar- Arnaldi, and Todd lives in this state of Wisconsin. Um, so if you if you ever watched, I believe it's Four Weddings and a Funeral, I believe that one of the characters moves from England over to Wisconsin, um, and so that's where he ends up. You know, and it's it's a state that is all snow and football and and uh, sausages and a lot of uh, people that struggle with their weight, and it's not a fitness type of place. It's definitely not California, put it that way. But this guy, he was pushing 400 pounds when he started the contest, and he ended up, and I mean he was weighing 400 pounds, and by the end of the contest, in just 12 weeks, he lost 75 pounds. And that is incredible. Now, he had 400 pounds on his body, so he's very, very uh, overweight. He was obese, he was killing himself, but. Then he lost all that weight, and it was, it was amazing. Now he's a certified turbulence trainer, and he's changing his life and doing all these great things, and he's training other people, and I believe he's down to like 250 pounds now in about a year. So it's incredible, and that one really sticks out. And then there's one for the women as well. Uh, this woman uh, named Shana Kaminsky, uh, sorry, not Shana Kaminsky, um, Catherine Gordon, won my second contest that I ever ran. And that was back in 2008. And she she had a really embarrassing moment. So she was at the grocery store and the guy said to her, do you qualify for the seniors discount? But she was only 44 years old. So she was very embarrassed by gone to enter my contest, and she looks amazing. she's been on television she's been in major magazines for her transformation, and so that one really, really has had an impact and she also became a certified turbulence trainer and has gone on to open her own training studio, uh, write her own books, do all of these amazing things that was all started from turbulence training so I'm very proud of those two people, but I'm just you know super happy to get an email from somebody who says, hey, thanks, you saved me hours a week. Like, even when I hear that, that's amazing, and I love
1: it. I mean, that's amazing to lose, like, half your body weight almost, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, He's he's on his way, and he's just inspiring so many people.
1: I think that's something we really struggle with, is we've got such poor diets, we eat and we drink, and we think, oh, we'll start again, we'll start tomorrow. And people don't seem to realise the sort of damage they do to themselves with the modern day lifestyles. If somebody came to you said, "Yep, really interested, want to start, but I've I was fit and I've lost it, or I don't know how to do it, I've got a new job, or I'm busy with a relationship, etc." What do you have sort of go-to tips for people just to get off of the arse, basically?
0: Yeah, so we like to start them on these 21-day habit changes. So I have a Facebook group. We have almost 2,000 members in it. It's a free Facebook group. It's called um, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash perfect day challenge. And we just help people do 21 days at a time. Hey, I'm going to cut out soda for 21 days. I'm going to cut out, uh, you know, going to the pie shop uh, for the next 21 days. And when they do that, they have to come up with alternatives that are healthier And so they try out new things. And that's one of the keys to living a healthy life is being willing to try out a few new things. And when you do that, you discover, hey, wait a minute. Some of this stuff is actually pretty good. I like this. And I can get rid of the old bad habits. And then you start combining those into a transformation contest and using my five pillars of success, which are better planning and preparation than ever before, professional accountability, positive social support, a meaningful incentive, and the big deadline, And you can make amazing changes in 12 weeks in any area of your life. So it's not just about health and fitness, but if you wanted to make more money or even find the love of your life, you can use those five pillars to go and do that because it's all just formulaic. And so that's what I show people how to do, and I love doing it, and that's when we see those amazing
1: transformations from people all around the world. You're inspiring me. It's the sort of one that I would have to struggle with. You know, it's one of those... That's a tough one for you? Yeah, it's a a real bad one that I've got a habit of, you know, it's that little sugar hit just to get good, you know, to get the energy levels up. Okay. Uh, I mean, what kind of... Do you deal a lot with people who struggle with consistency, or is it more like their nutrition that's holding them back?
0: Oh, it's it's almost always nutrition. Um, So you know, like for you, I would say, listen, you don't really need sugar. What you need is you're probably looking for caffeine. I mean, because energy levels are just a level of alertness. I mean, you have plenty of sugar in your bloodstream. That's not the issue. Um, Unless you're hungry, then you should go and eat a piece of fruit. But, you know, soda is not really doing anything for you. But you can go and have a green tea, you can go and have a coffee, and that will give you the mental alertness that you need. And so it's just little tips like that that you need to go and change with people. And then most people struggle with, um, you know, planning and preparation. You know, they go, they go to work, uh, they didn't pack a lunch. And then at lunchtime, you know, they say, I'd love to, to eat healthy, but I have no idea what to do. So I'm just going to go to the pie shop again and get the wrong thing. And so that is something that people really, really struggle with. And so that's what we want to help them overcome. And it, it's a matter of Education. Most people just have no idea what to do. And so that is what I show them how to overcome. And it's just, you know, one step at a time, very small things. Let's not get too crazy. Let's not try and go cold turkey on everything, because that is rarely the answer. And so I just show them through education, here are really easy changes that you can make. Let's focus on this for 21 days. Let's combine a few of these bigger things into a 21-day challenge, and that is how you have amazing results.
1: I mean, that's that's why I really like your, you know, your articles, etc. It's there's no fluff, there's no BS. It's just here's what you need to change. This is what's going to do. Here's how to analyze it. You know, you, there's just that straightforwardness. You're not like one of these new age guru ones who claim. Of 15 things to do in the morning, you must do this right. ritual, you must meditate for an hour. You just give straightforward, simple advice, and you change lives. And it- Yeah, I
0: mean, that's that's exactly what I would want from a coach, so that's exactly what I love to give to people.
1: And do you find that there supplements and foods that you recommend to people, depending on their confidence, you know, like dep- if people are depressed, etc., is there, like a list that you can recommend for good quality supplements, nutrition, and foods to, for people to try?
0: Well, I would say in that case, it's most of it's mostly the opposite. It's like, what can I get rid of? So, you know, too much caffeine, too much sugar, it's going to increase the adrenaline in our body. It's going to lead to us being stressed out and anxious. You know, I dealt with that years and years ago. Too much alcohol, too much caffeine, um, not enough sleep. And, you know, when you get rid of, those three issues and you improve your lifestyle and you do better planning and preparation, that's when you actually get healthy again. So it's really taking care of yourself like a Formula One car, Um, you know, making sure that you have high octane fuel in there, making sure that it gets rest, making sure that it it gets, uh, you know, an overhaul and and, uh, an audit once in a while. And so it really is treating yourself like a high performance machine, like a fighter jet or a race car whatever you want to say as the analogy but that's how you have to look at yourself and you can't be throwing in cheap gas you know that is um you know like uh the sugar that you you put in there because that's going to lead to uh, bad news in the end so i really want people to understand that that they are high performing machines and that is how you have to look at yourself and take care of yourself
1: yeah, cuz there's a um like that saying isn't there that you know you wouldn't buy a Ferrari and put in the cheapest gas. So why fill your body yeah. with crap? It's um, no. It, it always puzzles me that you know people who go to the gym and then think it earns them the right to have a bag of donuts. Yeah, <laughs> not, not the yeah. most logical sort of thing to do. Um, no, and it, it goes for your. Um, it
0: also goes for your mind as well. So uh, Alan Cosgrove, who is a, a famous uh, Scotsman like you he he has a great saying about you know plant good things in your mind every morning you should wake up and you should read good things because you treat your uh, you know your mind like a garden and making sure that you you plant good things is exactly the quote and i don't i don't necessarily think it's his quote but that's where i heard, first heard it from and it matters so much to make sure that you're only putting good thoughts into your mind and not the negativity that is out there today.
1: I mean, the mental strength is certainly something a lot of people struggle with. Um, I mean, do you still meditate? I read um, that you are a big component a big fan of meditation. Is that something you're still do as a ritual or?
0: Yeah, I do it every day. So I, I, I started, I tried in 2006 and I failed and then I tried again in 2009 and I failed and I quit. And then finally in 2013, I said, I'm gonna make this stick. And I started very easily with like a minute a day. And then I actually made it work. And so I was—I haven't missed a day since January 31st, I believe, of 2013. I've had at least five minutes every day since, but it's closer to 20 minutes a day.
1: And what kind of benefits, I've seen, I've tried Headspace, and that certainly benefited me. But for somebody that's skeptical on meditation, you know, can you just give us a rough overview of how you think it helps? Do you feel calmer? Do you feel less stressed?
0: I would say it's helped me be more patient because I'm a very impatient person. Um, so it's allowed me to slow down. Um, it's allowed me to think better. And, you know, so sometimes I come up with some, you know, really good ideas during meditation. I, you know, I don't worry if there's no thoughts going through my head. I don't, you know, I know that's supposed to be how you meditate, but I just sit there and, and focus on my breathing, which is most important uh, because it, I I do meditation to help me reduce anxiety. So I just want to relax with the meditation and focus on big belly breaths and slow so my heart rate down, reduced my blood pressure, and so it's really helped with uh, all of those things, um, my health, and my patience, and my anxiety.
1: Yeah, I mean that was something um, I wasn't sure if you wanted to get into, but uh, you mentioned previously that you've suffered with crippling anxiety, and that it felt like a yeah, really yeah, bad. I mean, can you give that?
0: Yeah, I thought I was having a heart attack twice, and I went to the emergency room, and it was terrible. I was, uh, you know, I was probably a little bit older than you. I was. About 30 years old when it was happening, and I was burning the candle at both ends, and I was working too much and partying too much, and then it caught up with me, and it felt like I was having a heart attack for six weeks straight. You know, tight chest, couldn't breathe, elevated heart rate, tingles from the top of my head down to the end of my fingertips. Man, it was terrible. It was really, really bad. I couldn't concentrate, and I went to the emergency room at the start of that, and at the end of that, and then, fortunately, I tried all of these things like meditation and yoga and qigong, and learned how to breathe properly, and use my five pillars of transformation. And finally, I was able to
1: overcome it. And I'm glad you did because you, I've been very inspired from you know reading your stuff over the years, and when I'm looking at some of the stuff from other people. It does come across as a bit BS and, you know, you you don't see them living the change that they are claiming, mm-hmm. but I, with you, you see that truth in what you're writing. You know, you know that what you're saying you've done, it's true.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, I mean, it's definitely, I'm definitely glad you're better. Um, and do you still, do you still have anxiety today? Do you struggle with that or have you learned to deal with that in more therapeutic ways?
0: I probably had to fight it off, uh, once every couple months for the next two to three years, but now I don't have it at all. Um, if it, if it starts to come up a little bit, I just like, Oh, okay. I see what's happening here. I'm just going to chill. Um, but even if I tried to worry myself sick, I couldn't do it. So I can have caffeine again. Um, no problem. And I just, I just know, I, now that I know what it is, it's a, it's easier for me to understand. So back then, I wasn't even sure what it was. You know, I really thought it was a heart attack. Um, but it, you know, it turned out to be the anxiety. Um, and I actually bought this book from an Irishman named Barry McDonough, and his book was called Panic Away. And there was a lot of great information in there that helped me overcome it and understand what I was going through. Um, but it also helped that I did go to a medical professional and they said, hey, here's this heart rate monitor and bring it back in 24 hours and then I did and they said okay we'll call you if there's anything wrong and they gave me a chest x-ray and nobody called me there was nothing wrong with me and once I knew that I guess I'm a bit of a hypochondriac so once I knew that I was okay and I thought all right nothing physically wrong with me it's all it's all uh, kind of some mental health issues I'm just going to keep on learning how to relax and so now I I really do have the system down
1: no, it's definitely good to see you, you know that you practice what you preach. Um, so, apart from meditation, if somebody's having an issue with their mental strength, you know their inability to take on these new rituals, etc., how can somebody develop that mental strength? The you know the ability to be consistently go to the gym to try the new hobbies, etc.
0: Well, you need to make the path smooth. So what that means is. If you have, you know, if you're trying to take up a new habit, like exercising in the morning or meditation, if there's any distraction in the way of taking up a new habit that's hard, you know, you're going to succumb to that distraction. So if you get up in the morning and it's cold out and your bed is warm and your exercise clothes are still in your drawer, you're going to stay in bed. But, you know, if, if you wear clean exercise clothes to bed or if you at least set them beside your bed and you put them on right away... And you swing your legs over the edge of the bed. Well, you're pretty much halfway there. You know. Then you just have to go and watch one of my YouTube videos, and you can exercise, you know, in your bedroom or in your living room. And you know, we've cut out all of the obstacles. You know, you don't have. It's not a hard path to be successful. And with meditation, you know, I would just make sure that you know I, I made a rule. I had to meditate before I walked my dog or ate breakfast in the morning. Um, and I would just. You know just uh, turn the lights off and relax and you know I would just focus on my breathing and all I had to do was a couple of minutes I didn't have to sit there for half an hour and or do any chanting or anything I just had to sit there and breathe slowly and I made it really easy and then it just once I started noticing the benefits then I internalized the benefits and I thought oh I need to do this because I like it and it's helpful and then then it became that habit for me
1: so is this, did this play into the development of the perfect day formula? You know, um, can you explain what that is and just if you want to sort of shell the, you know, where to go if people are interested in this? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and it did. I mean, as soon as I had those anxiety attacks, I realized I needed to put more structure into my life. And so I started building more formulas to allow me to get more done during the day but actually work less and then i you know i started coaching other people on it and really helped a lot of people with it and then i made a uh, wrote a book about it called the perfect day formula and uh, your your listeners uh, you know everybody listening you can go to freeperfectdaybook.com and get a free copy just pay shipping and handling and we'll send that to you and you can get the benefits of my systems to really con- uh, control your life and own your days
1: uh, That's an amazing offer i'm going to go check that yeah. out so yeah, man. Where does your creativity come from? Every time I'm seeing something, you've got amazing quotes that inspire me. It's like you're reading people's minds. You're developing this. You're you know you're transforming lives for your products, etc. Where do you think it comes from? Have you always been quite creative, or you know how do you deal with writer's block and things like
0: that? Oh, I've got so many ideas. I I don't have enough time for all the ideas that I have. So you know I've actually got so many things that are half done and not finished, but uh, now I'm definitely an idea machine. I spend a lot of time, um, you know, the meditation does help, but I've always been a creative person and I'm always reading and getting ideas from others. And so I guess I just am also an opinionated person with lots to say. And so, I, but I also, you know, test, you know, I'll say something on Twitter and if it works there, then I'll take it to Facebook, see what kind of response we get there. And then if it gets a good response there, then I'll turn it into an article. So I'm I'm like a a comedian who goes and plays a small comedy club in New York. I try out my my jokes and my my they're not jokes, but they're comments in a smaller audience. And then whatever gets a good reaction, I take that and refine it into something bigger and better. You know whether it's a YouTube video or a Facebook post. So that's how I do my stuff. But I have so many ideas, Ian, that I could. Uh, you know, be working 24 hours a day and just cranking this stuff out. So, you know, it's like, I guess you would say the same thing to Stephen King, how do you get all these crazy ideas and I don't know how he does it, how his mind works but I think it's just making sure that you have all of these, um, you know, resources and assets in place so you're always getting ideas from books and podcasts and, and movies and quotes and all the good stuff and if you're consuming a lot of information, you'll have a lot of your own opinions to put out there.
1: No, it, it's something that I've, I've struggled with previously, was the inability to take action. I could have the ideas, but I always struggled with just getting going, you know. I always had some reason I couldn't do it, some reason I would do it tomorrow. You know, is there, a part, I mean, is there something that you could recommend to somebody just to get them going? Why, is there something that really holds us back? Is it the fear of the unknown? Is it taking a chance, standing up against, you know, potentially be shot down by other people? I think it is
0: intimidation of not knowing what to do. And I've read a recent study from the UK that, uh, you know, people who wanted to change their career, and the number one stumbling block was they didn't know where to start. You know, it's like, okay, I want to get a new job, but, you know, Or a new career, but I don't know, should I go back to school or should I just, you know, put out resumes or, you know, should I go and get a certification? What should I do? I don't know where to start and I'm so frustrated. And that goes with weight loss and that goes with, you know, starting new relationships. And that's why people stay in these mediocre jobs or mediocre relationships because they don't know how to change things. So that is a key. And, you know, that's just a a matter of educating yourself and finding a mentor who can guide you.
1: Um, I mean this is now the point sort of the point, and the I don't like the term interview but you know where I start looking at talking more about yourself etc um, so do you want to just before we get into that do you want to just re- uh, reiterate the best points to go to for the perfect day formula for your book etc um, where would somebody find information on turbulence training
0: so turbulence training you can go to uh, my youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash cb athletics watch some videos there or you can go to homeworkoutrevolution.com and get my videos to follow along or turbulence training.com uh, so homeworkoutrevolution.com is bodyweight only and turbulence training.com is dumbbells and bodyweight
1: right. um, so this is a point where i like to know more about the guest you know I mean, I like putting up some of my favourite articles that you've um, you've written, some of your video links, etc. And I'll put a link to everything we've discussed. Um, so, if we go through a few fast questions, just um, you could go into them as much as you like or a couple of words. Um, so, for instance, what would be your favourite exercise to do? Oh, deadlift for sure. Good man, I love deadlifts. Do you? Yeah. Do- what kind of style do you lift with? Conventional or? Conventional.
0: Just conventional. I've tried sumo, but my hips don't like it.
1: Yeah, I always find it difficult to get down to the bar. Um, yeah. What, how tall are you? 5'9". And do you find... I mean, how wide do you go for your stance? Is it quite sore in your hips to get into position or...?
0: No, I, I would say for my conventional, it is... Um, I like the tip of getting a stance that you would use for your maximum vertical jump and that's the stance that I use.
1: I mean that was something I, I was amazed at with just a tiny little change in the width I was standing made it feel so much more powerful. I was actually going slightly too wide for me and it's something you don't even notice. You, know, you don't really pay much attention to your feet but it makes such a difference. Um, what would you say your favourite book is at the moment?
0: Uh, so my favorite book of 2016 was this book called the body keeps the score. It was really fantastic research into why people struggle to change. And then also, you know, how your mind and your gut influence your overall health. Um, and then the therapies that allow people to overcome big obstacles in their life. Really, really powerful book. Every trainer should read it. Every person who helps, uh, people change in any way should read it. It probably has about six hundred five star reviews on Amazon.com. It's written by a psychologist. I mean it it helps people overcome PTSD.
1: It is just so fantastic. Sounds an amazing book. Yeah um was there a song when you were younger that got you into music? You know have you got a go to song when you're feeling happy or sad or um that you want to admit to is it if it's bad? Jeez, I've never thought
0: about it that way. I mean I like I like a lot of types of music. Right now, it's kind of funny. I listen to pretty much only uh, Chopin uh, piano for when I'm writing, and techno for when I'm training. Um, and so, but th- I never listened to either of those when I was a, a kid. Um, when I was in high school, you know, it was like Pearl Jam and and all that type of rock and roll. And you know, went to a whole bunch of those Lollapalooza tours, and you know, did that stuff. So, I like a lot of stuff that uh, really gets your Energized. I don't like to listen to too much melancholy stuff.
1: Nah, I mean, what kind of techno music do you listen to? Do you have a favorite band or
0: uh, and this uh, this one DJ who's um, a woman based out of the UK? Her name is Nicole Muda beer and she has a voice like she's been drinking whiskey for the last thirty years. It's really <laughs> funny. Uh, she's got a great. She's got a podcast that I listen to called um, In the Mood, um, but I, I just like. You know just good you know beats and and no words and that you know that's just as good training music for me
1: and um, is it a favorite film you have recently and um, it could be something that you you know your guilty pleasure that you like to re-watch or it could be a blockbuster you've seen recently you know I'm uh, well
0: one that I watched recently so I watched uh, five movies over the holidays I watched the latest James Bond movie, Spectre, I watched um, Star Wars The Force Awakens. No. Yeah, it was Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, I watched Jason Bourne. Um, I watched uh, Suicide Squad, and then I watched um, Fury with uh, Brad Pitt in it, a World War II movie. I like a lot of World War II movies, but this one was actually like way too realistic that it might have turned me off uh, World War II movies for a while. Uh, And the movie out of all those five, believe it or not, that I liked the most, I don't know if you've seen them, was Suicide Squad because it was different. And the other ones, like Bond was just like a rehash of everything. Jason Bourne was a rehash of all the Jason Bourne movies. Um, And then uh, I forget what the other movie I watched was. And it was just like, uh, you know, the Star Wars one. It was a rehash of the old Star Wars. It was like these are not any different. And so even though Suicide Squad was kind of a bad movie in a way, it was different and original and unique, and I felt like it was a, a different experience. So that was cool. But I love James Bond movies, and so I've at one point I was trying to watch all of them in sequential order. And then I got up to Moonraker, and they don't have Moonraker on iTunes for some reason, or I couldn't find it, and so I stopped. So I'm going to go back and start them all. But there, there is no replacement for Sean Connery, a good Scotsman playing uh, you know an English super agent and he, he is absolutely the best by far. Uh, Daniel Craig is good, though.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Daniel Craig. I do agree with you about... Um, I'm really disappointed, you know, in the the Bond and the Born ones. It just felt like it was a case of, ah, you'll watch anything, you know, if we throw it together. And I love movies. It was something that I've always loved since I was a kid, you know, pretending I was the main character and what I would do in that situation. Um, I mean... When I originally started, I used to look at the films and what you could learn from it and how you could better your life by being more like them. Was there film characters that inspired you as a kid?
0: Um, I can't think of any that really did. I mean, I started reading I started reading books when I was like, you know, 7 or 8 years old, you know, whether they were comic, you know, cartoon books like uh, Snoopy books, or, you know, getting into, um, you know, I remember reading The Incredible Journey, the story about the, the uh, dog, the two dogs and the cat that go on the crazy, uh, incredible journey oh, yeah. back when I was like six or seven years old. And so, you know, I lived in the country. We didn't have uh, cable TV. We didn't have a whole lot to do. So I just read a lot. And so I was really more into books. Um, and, you know, not that anything stood out to me at all that inspired me in any way like that, but I just... I. I just always love uh, reading, and that's what led me to a lot of the writing, I think.
1: I mean, something I've always loved about your Twitter, for example, is, you know, there's so many quotes, it's always something fresh every day, there's always some sort of motivation or thought of the day, something that makes you, you know, kind of inspires you to take action. Is there a particular quote that stands out most to you? You know, something that you use in your personal life, maybe? Yeah, so the one, I you know, I kind of stole one from Winston Churchill,
0: which was Never Ever Give Up, and then I changed it a little bit because I realized that there are some things you should give up on. You know, you should give up on drinking and partying as you get too old, um, but, you know, if you should also give up on chasing things that, that uh, you know, you might think are valuable, but only because of peer pressure, you know, so like, you know, should I do I really need a fancy car? Well, maybe, you know, I don't really care about fancy cars. So why am I chasing a fancy car? It's because other people are forcing their beliefs on me. So I changed the quote to never, ever give up on what's important to you. And the key is to find out what is important to you. And we talked about how to figure that out earlier in the podcast today. So, you know, that really wraps
1: it all up there. No, um, what would you like people? I know this is quite a morbid question. Um, you know, you've changed so many lives lately, what would you like people to say at your funeral?
0: I'd like them to to, to realize that I made everyone around me better. Um, and so, you know, I have this uh, picture of the Godfather movie poster with my face superimposed over the Godfather. And that's the quote that we have at the bottom is, um, you know, the best thing that you can do for your life is make everyone around you better. And so if you go and do that, if you made all your friends richer, if you made all your friends and family healthier, you know, your life would be better because of that. And so that's what I want to do every day. And that is what, uh, you know, the legacy that I want to leave is, is simply that I made help make people's lives better. And, you know, therefore I'll get, you know, it's classic Zig Ziglar quote, you'll get everything in life that you want if you go and focus on helping other people get everything that they want. So that's, that's the real bottom line to me.
1: Yeah, I love that quote. Cool. You know, it's like basically help others and that helps you Um, absolutely is there a guilty pleasure of yours that you can talk about you know is there a favorite food that you like to glutton on or is there
0: i do i i do like to have a i don't drink that often but when i do I, i like to have a black russian which is uh uh i use a specific type of vodka chopin vodka which is made from potatoes um and then Uh, Kahlua. So it's just a very simple drink, but it's very sweet. Um, And so, you know, if I go out and it's celebration time, and usually I only drink around the holidays, the Christmas time, and, you know, go out with uh, some friends, I'll have, uh, you know, one or two of those. But it's not like when I was, you know, 25 or 30 and and drinking lots of pints of beer per night. So that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I like to, oh, I also like reading travel blogs, you know, my old bloggers who, you know, hack their way to getting first class tickets around the world. So that's part of like the James Bond fantasy thing for me. You know, I love, I love my favorite parts of the James Bond movies are when they're, you know, in Hong Kong, like like in uh, was it casino. No, it wasn't Casino Royale. It was the one after Quantum of Solace, where he's in the skyscrapers in Hong Kong fighting the guy. What the heck was that movie called? It wasn't Spectre. Oh, it was.
1: Um, I'm a major James Bond fan. That's going to annoy me now. Um, it's the
0: one where M gets, ki- where uh, D- Judy Dench gets killed at the end. You know, it's quantum- it's not Quantum of Solace. What the heck was it? It's the one that's not Quantum of Solace, Casino Royale or Spectre. It's uh, so when he
1: goes to the, when he goes up to Scotland, um,
0: yeah, at the end. But you know, my favorite part of James Bond movies are when you know, like you know, he flies into this city for you know, like ten scenes, and then he flies off to this city for ten scenes because I love travel, and so every day. I read this one uh, travel blogger who hacks his way around the world. And he's always off on, uh, you know, some crazy trip and you know, sitting in first class and he's doing a review of uh, Emirates Air first class. And so that's like my guilty pleasure every day to to read that a bit.
1: Uh, and it was Skyfall. I've never remembered
0: Skyfall. That's it. Yeah. It
1: was, that was winding me up. I think.
0: I know. I was like, you know, I wouldn't remember that for three days, but. Yeah, that's exactly
1: it. I mean, that's something I love about yourself, and, um, you know, and I also love about Tim Ferriss, for example, is that way of hacking life. You know, it's making systems, making things, procedures, making routines of things. You know, it's you know, what's the point of just doing it once when you can do it consistently? You know, like the Perfect Day formula, for instance. Um, what three things would you say you do in a day or a week um, that you know, contribute to your overall success. Well, the first
0: thing is the the writing that I do first thing in the morning. That's the most important thing. And so, if I get my hour of writing in, where I can get fifteen hundred words done, that you know, that's an essay, that's a book chapter, that's huge for me. And so, that's really, really important. Um, and then also, it's connecting with other people. So. You know, I'm not really the, I'm not the greatest writer in the world, I'm not the best salesperson in the world, but I have one of the biggest networks of all the people that I know. So I know lots of people so I can always go to them for help. Um but I'm also adding value to them. And then, you know, doing these podcasts, I've done 105 of these in the last year. I've become much uh, better at it. And I've developed a lot of uh, a really good speech from it. So doing these three things has allowed me to sell over 12,000 copies of Perfect Day Formula in the last year with, you know, no outside help, and to build a really good business around my life's work.
1: And you deserve everything from it. Um, Thank you, sir. So this is a weird one. I love some of the answers I get. If you could pick five people they can be alive, dead, fictional, whatever you'd like that you could have a dinner party with, who would you go for?
0: Uh, Well, first I'd have my father, who's passed on, so I'd always have him. Uh, Second, I would have James Bond. Um, Third, I would have Batman uh, as... Not as... um, I'm not sure if I'd have him as Batman or Bruce Wayne, though. Anyways, I'd have those three guys... Uh, maybe Marilyn Monroe, because I, I I'm just making stuff up now. And then Epictetus, the Stoic philosopher, I'd have him.
1: That's a, an interesting mix, yeah.
0: It is, yeah. Um, what are some of the, the craziest answers that you've oh, heard? Like, or some of your favorite? I've
1: had things like Genghis Khan. Um, somebody suggested a porn star. Oh, there's been some weird ones. But you you could tell. Some people get shocked at ask you know, when you ask them that, they have no idea. And then I love the, you know, when they go into their favourite film characters, their book characters. Like, for me, I used to love, like, the Harry Potter books. So for me, it'd be, okay. like, Harry po- somebody, like, from Harry Potter, James Bond, James Borden, you know, it's, there's so yeah. many. It It's quite it's one of those questions that just really kind of shows the insight of a person. Um, So you write a lot, and, you know, you were saying that you write a lot, nearly every day. Do you have a favorite article that you've read recently? I mean, it doesn't have to be one of your own. Is there something that you read for inspiration or your go-to article just to kind of uh, grab you?
0: The stuff that I love reading is from my mentor, Mark Ford, who I bought Early to Rise from. Um, and it's on living rich. It's on how to live like a billionaire, but without having a billionaire's money. And it's just like, here, here's the finest things in life that, you know, they, they're not free in most cases, but they don't cost a lot of money. And most people can have, you know, a lot of this stuff. So I love reading his living rich series.
1: Yeah, cause I noticed a few of his articles um, on the site. Um, so do you have a lot of contributors to your Early to Rise? I mean, is there some of the articles on them that you would like to highlight, or is there maybe three articles that you definitely recommend somebody should check out just now? Well,
0: they should definitely check out my article on my 12 Rules for Living. That's our most popular article. Um, They can check out my article on what I learned from Stephen King books. I really like that one. Got a lot of feedback on that. And then, uh, you know, check out articles from Mark Ford and then also a very thoughtful guy named Alex Green, who has written some of our most popular articles on living well, not necessarily about making money, but about treating people right um, and about valuing other people. So those are the best ones to check out.
1: And you mentioned there about you've done a lot of podcasts and interviews, etc. Have you learned much? Is it just about the interview process or, you know, what is the three tips you've learned from conducting and taking part in interviews?
0: I think that the person needs to do the research. So if they don't know anything about me, it shows up. They need to be, you know, really focused on the interview. They need to be an advocate for the audience uh, you know sometimes i'll go on a podcast and it'll just be like hey we're going to answer these seven questions in the next 11 minutes and then i got to go and record another one cuz all i care about is you know recording more podcasts so i it's really about research a uh, good conversation like what we're having today good questions and then being an advocate for the audience
1: yeah, i mean that's um have you ever heard remember the exact phrase but it was the the audience of one um
0: yeah to- i get it
1: I'm trying to remember who I stole it from, but it was basically, you know, if I'm interested in it, that I know that if I Google a problem, for instance, there's ten thousand other people who have Googled the same problem, and I knew I couldn't be the only person who didn't like the pub, you know, who didn't like just sitting with mates on a Saturday night that wanted more in my life, and when I started finding yourself, John Romanello, Tim Ferris, these people who were just go- grabbing life by the balls and going for it. Is something that really inspired me. And, you know, the fact I've got the honor to speak to you guys, it, all, it just blows my mind. Um, I mean, is there something.
0: Well, you're, doing, you're doing good things and you're earning it. Just like you said, I'm earning it with my stuff. And so you are as well. And you're, you're out there and you're doing good things. And that's what matters. And so I remember Tim Ferriss said he struggled to write the four hour work week at first until he decided to write the book as a letter to one person. And then that's when he had. That's when he was able to finally get it done and really uh, get that message out properly.
1: And it's quite an amazing book as well. Um, yeah, you know, it's very formulaic and it's very kind of. Here's what to do. Here's how to do it. Here's what you're going to get from it. Then do this. Do this. Um, let's see. mean, we're coming up to an hour. Are you okay for time for, for a few more? No, I got to go. No worries? Well, um, I'll put in some social media links and stuff like that. Um, anything that you want to mention just now? or
0: I just want everybody to go and get their copy of The Perfect Day Formula at freeperfectdaybook.com. It's going to change your life. It's really, really valuable. It's it's going to give you that structure and true freedom that you desire.
1: Perfect. Well, Craig, I really want to thank you for taking the time out Um It's been an honor to speak to you. I can't thank you enough for all the inspiration and help you've given me over the years. Um, And I really am grateful for it. I really appreciate this. And um, I'll send you a link when it's ready. And I hope you have a brilliant day and nothing but the best for the future.
0: Thank you so much, man. You're just getting started, so keep me up to date on your progress, okay? And I'll see you on social media. I'll see you uh, retweeting my stuff on Twitter, and we'll talk there.
1: Thank you, Craig. Really appreciate it.
0: All the best. Have a great day. Yep, bye-bye. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.